um, there's no, there's no like, there's no membership right for just someone who is like born here and grows up here. It's interesting. You never, there's no like, so this is reception of members by transfer or profession of faith. Well, yeah, so the things that make you an actual member of the congregation is your baptism, uh, and, and then perhaps confirmation is what is our actual like membership, right? So, yeah, and thinking about, uh, yeah, with the voters meeting today, um, yeah, what it all means, you know. It, I mean, it's interesting to me that we would, that you would protect the voters' assembly, more than, like, say, the altar or something. Um, you know? Like, who gets to vote here? Like, well, it's not really the, the thing that binds us together is who's voting or not. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's I mean, we've, we've all... That's crazy. People are like, how do I join this church? And then you get, you'll have people who like come to church here. Or I've had people in churches that have, they just come to your church for, they're there every Sunday. Uh, I've had people who are there every Sunday but take communion or don't, and they're like not on paper church members. You know, they never signed the dotted line on the Constitution. And they're like, well, how do I join? And you're like, well, you. You kind of have, or there was, uh, uh, there was a couple here for a while who like didn't want to join the church, but they were here every week, and they were they were commuting here, um, and I had you know, and I had gone through with them and examined them and everything, and and um, and and they're like, well, we don't want to be members. I was like, what what makes you think you're not a member of this church? Like you're here every week and you come to like Bible study. What? I don't know how to convince you that you are a member, you know. So, I mean, ideally, like, that's how it kind of works, is you just, like, come here. And what does it mean to be a church member? Well, it means you actually, like, just, like, come here, okay? So, now the word membership, I think people are kind of allergic to that a little bit. But when we talk about church membership, or membership in anything, you know, now, people don't want to join anything anymore. This has been well documented. Um, this sociologist from Harvard wrote this book called Bowling Alone a couple, maybe even like 20 years ago now. But um, his whole premise was like <laughs> the people, people like today don't want to join things and they don't want to, they don't want to commit to things. And the big, like, his big evidence was the decline of bowling leagues in America. And, like, everyone used to, like, be a part of bowling leagues. And, and like, now they're just kind of, like, there aren't them anymore, really. Uh, now, I do happen to know at least two families in this church who are avid bowling people. So maybe it is wrong. Maybe it's coming back. I don't know. But, but people are, like, allergic to the word member, you know? Member, member, well, I don't. I don't want to be a member of any political party. I'm not. Um, I would join the Alaska Independence Party, though. I don't know if you can do that. 
TMI. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. It just seems cool to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Seems that's a that's a party I want to go to. Um, huh? Yeah, it's. Uh, but yeah, it, it, people don't want to be a member. But what does it mean to be a member of anything? What does the word even mean? Yeah, I mean it's just like how we talk about our bodies. This is how Paul talks about our bodies, right? Connected, like body parts. Yeah, that you are a body part. And so this is Paul's great metaphor for the church. Is like, well, yeah, we're all members of one body. And it's, and it's not like the body politic or something. He's, then he says, like, well, you know, the eye can't say to the hand, I have no use for you. And so I think part of what we do is just kind of naturally recognize who the members are. Like, we don't have, we don't have like, a, a, a member transplants in the church. You don't, you can't take someone out of something else and then bring it into the church. Like you are, you're born into it. You're just, you're born into it. That's just the way it is. And you're born into it through holy baptism. Um, Yeah, you're, you're a member of the church. So, and again, this is kind of what we were talking about last week. It's a little risky. It's a little dangerous because we're actually saying that means if you leave, then like, I'm left without a leg. Yeah. Well, that hurts. And I'm not going to be able to function quite right. So if people, if your members leave, what do you do? Like, I mean, you can live without an eye. You can live without both eyes. But <laughs> you have to go to therapy. What does therapy mean? Do you know what therapy means? It's from a Greek word, therapuo. After I went to, uh, yes, to heal. So after I went to uh, physical therapy, after I got into that car accident, when I was done, I, I told the therapist, I was like, you did it. You, you therapuoed me. And uh, she was like, what? And I said, well... Yeah, like that's what it means. You healed me. She didn't even know that it means heal. You can have like a doctorate in physical therapy and not know that the word means healer. I was like, you're a healer. It worked. Yeah. So um, there's people running around who don't know what their names mean. Okay. What does Janet mean? It's the feminine of John. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> Awesome. Um, what's Todd mean? The fox? Oh, I like that. Toad. Well, I, I knew a pastor in North Carolina whose, last, whose name was T-O-D, and he's always like, Todd. My name literally means death. <laughs> so I was also scared of him. He was a scary man. Uh, Todd. Uh, he was in uh, 
Where's that big, there's a big army base in North Carolina. In Fayetteville. Fayetteville, yeah. Fayetteville? Fayetteville? I don't remember. But, um, but yeah, so you're, like, you're a member in the church. That means that, like, you are, which part of your body is not important? They're all important. Every single one of them. Some of them seem like they're more important than others, but they are all important. Every single part of your body. Which part of your body do you want to get rid of? Aside from pounds, yeah. <laughs> Even your fat's important, right? Even the parts that we don't like, it's still all important. Even uh, a couple years ago, like there's some report that they like found out what the uh, appendix does or something, right? So for a long time, we were just like, what does this even do? We don't need it. But then they always find out. They're like, oh, yeah, that's right. It does, it does do something. We do need it. So every single part of the body, like, you need them. They're there for a reason, and you can get along without them. But, you know. But then you have to go to therapy. You have to be healed, okay? And then maybe you have to, like, be in a wheelchair or something. Here's an interesting thing. Uh... Uh, I was listening to something this week on evolution, and there's no, there's no, there's no evolutionary reason for us to walk upright, and it actually makes us like clumsier, and they don't, they don't know. They're like, well, we don't, we don't know, what evolutionarily why we walk upright. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of fun. I like when they can't answer the questions that they have come up with. It's like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. If they were still walking on all fours, maybe they wouldn't, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, and you look at... Um, I've heard this, I don't know how true it is, but people have been converted, science people have been converted just by the complexity of the human eye, and it has, apparently has no evolutionary precedence to it. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Why can't we be like the mantis shrimp? Think about the mantis shrimp sees like like um, some insane more amount of color than we do, like thousands of times more color than we do. It's interesting to think that all that stuff is out there. We just can't see it. You know, what like ninety-seven percent of the universe is comprised of something that we don't understand, dark matter. And then if you go down to the like molecular level of everything, it's everything is basically nothing. Like it's all just held together with energy. Oh, what in the world is this? It's wild. The world is so much more wilder than we think it is. And we keep finding out just... It's, I mean, it's interesting. We like kind of are afraid that our kids are going to learn science stuff and it's going to turn them away from the church. I was like, I don't think so. Like You're just looking into this like crazy world that the Lord has given us. And it's really amazing and interesting. Oh, always. Yeah. Well, it, it, string theory 
I still don't understand it. I've, you know, I haven't like spent that much time on it, but I spent a fair amount of time trying to understand string theory. It's wild. Like the world is just held together with these like strings, strings. And I'm like, is it a real string? Like, yeah, it's a real string. Like what? It, well, what is that? It's crazy. But the and so that's the thing is like all these things that you don't think matter, like they all do. Every single thing, it all matters. And so when we're talking about membership. It's like, yeah, every, every single human being in this congregation matters because you're all members, all right? Members of the same body. So you're also members of the, the, the church as a whole, right? And then you're members of this congregation in general, or specifically. This is where you find the church universal, the church Catholic. Like this, is, this is what it looks like. It's right here. right? It's not somewhere else. It's all right here. So, like, all five of you, nine, if you count Martha and the kids, right? I was thinking today, I was like, did, uh, were you naming all your kids A names? And I was like, well, that's, uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> So. Joshua doesn't count in that scheme. Joshua. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, it was a strange thought that I had, which was immediately falsified in my own mind. Yeah, already has one. So, yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Adam. Yeah, um, people thought that we were gonna name all our kids E names when we just had Evangeline. I don't know why they were making plans for that already, but I know we showed them. Um, so yeah, every single part matters. You matter. I mean, it's an it's an interesting thing. I mean, I'm sh- I'm sure that there are people in this congregation who think that they are unnoticed and do not matter at all and that we don't care about them. I guarantee you, you know. Um, but it's, it's absolutely, completely false. Uh, every single part matters. And if you don't know, like, what you're supposed to be doing here, like, that's fine, I don't know if, like, the small intestine thinks about what it's doing. It just, like, does the next thing. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's... Uh, yeah, every single part matters. So, um, right, so we don't have, we don't have, like, you're growing up in this congregation and now you're a member. That's just how it happens. You are made a member of this congregation by baptism, uh, through confirmation, and through... through just like participating in the normal life of the church. Remember, we looked at this last week in the First Communion, right? The very last rubric was like, the, the, uh, they go back and sit with their family and receive communion in the normal, or the usual order. They're like, oh, okay, yeah. So just participating in the usual life of the church actually means that you're part of the church. So, I mean, it would be... Yeah, I mean, can you imagine someone? And, and again, I've had this in every church where people attend the ch- attend church faithfully, 
but then like for some reason won't join or don't think that they're a member. You're like, that's, that's not how it works. Um, it's almost like common law membership or something. Yes. Right. Yeah. So you can go to the voters meeting, yeah, and then get told, well, you're not actually a member because you didn't do X, Y, or Z, which maybe there's some technicality that, like, okay, you're not a member of the voters' assembly. So you could be a member of this congregation but not be a member of the voters' assembly. It also works the other way. You can be a member of the voters' assembly but not be a member of the congregation, too. Like, so... Yeah, so there's really no thing, no such thing as an inactive member, too. Like, you just are, you know? So, and that's kind of, um, I guess that part of my reluctance or hatred of the paperwork side of all this is that it, it puts in paper, it, it gives you, like, the idea that something is only valid because you've got some paperwork for it. And this is kind of like how marriage works, too, right? What makes you married? I mean, in the Bible, it's like sex. sex. Yes, so that is what makes you married, at least according to Paul. Paul's not like, well, you know, you went and you got you went to the church, and then you had you know three months of premarital counseling, and then you got your license. Like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. It's actually like sex that makes you married. Where do they go? Okay, huh? That's interesting. So, what we do in the church. I mean, it's interesting. I, th- I think what I say, uh, I now, what? Do you know what it is? I don't make you man and wife. I pronounce you. Right? Now we tell everyone, right? Um, and it, it's wonderful. So, wow, and this is why you can, this is why the weird, like, Catholic category of the annulment exists, right? You can say, well, they never were actually married because they never consummated the marriage. You know, it's like, that's actually true. Uh, it's the thing that sets marriage apart from all other relationships, too. So, um, yeah, anyways, it's, uh, I don't know, the, the paperwork side of things is, it's got to be there, I know, but it's not what makes the thing the thing. So your baptismal certificate does not make you baptized. It's helpful to have, right? So your marriage license is not what makes you married. Your membership certificate is not what makes you a member. Uh, actually, just like participating in the act here is what makes you a member. So um, let's look, this is the transfer, right? Uh, I don't want to look at confirmation quite yet, um, but it's interesting. The questions, again, are very, very similar to what we ask you in Holy Baptism and what we ask you at Confirmation, what we ask you at First Communion. You're thinking, like, how many times am I going to have to answer this? Um, so it's kind of fun when you, when you make a new pastor. So interestingly, being a pastor doesn't quite work like that. It's not like the guy's just doing all the pastor things, so he's a pastor. You actually have to make him a pastor. You actually have to lay the hands on him and, and 
bring him into the office, okay? Well, the same thing with the election stuff, too, right? I mean, whichever guy, they obviously, like, both Trump and Biden both think that they're, like, the president. But it doesn't matter what you think. It matters, like, uh, who actually takes that oath and then is, like, sworn in as president. Which, you know, maybe it'll be both of them. Maybe it'll be like when we had three popes. I don't know. What are we... Yeah, we'll have two presidents. Why can't they just both do it? <laughs> well, that used to be how we got the vice president. You know, it used to just be the, yeah, the second place. Oh, I know. Wouldn't that be great? I think that'd be so awesome if, yeah, if it was President Biden and Vice President Trump. Yeah, it's not the paper. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's your ordination. Or you, you say basically all these same things. There's some extra ones. We've got like kind of a higher bar for pastors. Although we do want you all to like also read and love and believe the Lutheran confessions, you know. But um, yeah, there's a higher bar for us and that's the way it is in the Bible anyways, too, you know? So, um, so, uh, so this rite starts off with, well, okay, uh, this rite is used for receiving into membership those who were previously confirmed as Lutherans. This rite may take place in the divine service following the hymn of invocation or prior to the prayer of the church. In the daily office, uh, what's the daily office? Do you know? So, yeah, so there's, in our church, it's matins, evening prayer, and vespers. Those are the ones that we have. There used to be more. Uh, and then in Vatican II, like, the Pope got rid of most of them. It's like, oh, you're taking away, like, all the things that made it be cool, cool to be Catholic. Like, all of a sudden, they don't have to pray at 3 a.m. anymore. It's like... Yeah, because then the rule of St. Benedict, I think is where all this kind of comes from. But it's good. It's a good plan. You just pray around the clock. Um, here's an interesting thing. Pope Paul III, who was the pope during the Council of Trent, so this is like after the Reformation. Uh, I'm always fascinated by what the regular Europeans knew about what was going on in our country. Uh, he issues a, a, a bull... We all think papal bulls are bad because we're Lutherans, and all we know is that Luther got excommunicated in a bull. But um, he actually wrote something about the uh, Native Americans. He was like, so this same guy, like a corrupt pope too. Like he's got illegitimate children, children and all sorts of stuff, and he's just some rich dude. But he actually wrote that like, well, the Native Americans, the people that were there, the Indians, they're actual humans. Uh, you're not allowed to enslave them, and they they can own property. So it's kind of cool. Like, oh, all right. And then everyone listened. And I was like, hey, what? Then they went over and like enslaved all the Native Americans. What's going on here? So even in the uh, mid 16th century, the church was advocating for the rights of the the Native Americans. I was like, oh, I think that's cool. 
And uh, yeah, not, people didn't listen. So, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you're on the other side of the world. It's like, I don't even know how they knew about that. But it was probably too late once the paperwork got across the ocean. And you're like, oh, wait, we weren't supposed to be enslaving these uh, people with, that we thought to be subhuman? You're like, well, I guess they are now. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we should. That'd be a good idea. Well, if we're going to do that, we might as well do that for Tuesday. I know. How often? Just on Wednesdays? Well, you, you think you, you would start off just on Wednesdays and be doing extra. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So the church I know that does the daily Eucharist, they, it's like twenty minutes long. Yeah, it's twenty minutes long. I think it's like seven forty every morning. Wait, you did that one I did it one Lent. We had daily Eucharist at noon, and. It was a lot. Really? It was like, it was work. Oh, you mean it was just a lot for us to do an additional service? I thought you meant there were a lot of people here. Uh, no, like no one came, but you know, that's also draining when like a pastor spends a lot of time doing something and no one comes. Um, so, but yeah, it it I don't know, good idea. Yeah. Well, we could do that. That'd be fun. What time should we have it? Oh no! Oh yeah. Yeah, but people gotta work. Oh yeah, no one works now. You know, it'd have to be before people go to work. Yeah, I think I might thought. Yeah, exactly. All right, yeah, so uh, this rite may take place in the divine service before the hymn, uh, hymn of invocation or prior to the prayer of the church. In the daily office, it occurs before the opening versicles or prior to the prayers. An abbreviated version of this rite is included in the service of baptism in the vigil of Easter. So again, that's like the traditional time when you receive members, when you baptize people uh, for baptism, confirmation, first communion, Easter vigil is the traditional time for this. And that's the whole point of the season of Lent. So you're getting people ready to, to join, to come in, to be brought in. And um, yeah, I've, and we've done that a couple of times. Uh, we had... Uh, Evangeline had her first communion at Easter Vigil well, about three years ago now. But, um, yeah, that's, that's... Because it's awesome. Like, there's, there's nothing like it. 
in that whole the beginning of the Easter vigils, like this, you know, uh, long there's all this like long chanty stuff, you know. But this is the night. This is the night. This is the night. This is the night when our Lord passed from death to life. Like this, this is the night. So it's just wonderful to think that there is actually like there was a night when this all happened when we went to bed and Jesus was dead and then we woke up the tomb's empty like there is a literal night when that happened like wow okay what better night to actually give that to people and have them be brought into this so so you know maybe there's like some people still squirreling around who haven't uh done this yet maybe we'll wait all the way till easter I don't know. It'll be kind of fun. It's my favorite mass of the year, the Easter Vigil. I, I just love it. From yeah. Genesis, the readings of the history of salvation. And... A friend of mine calls it the Queen of Masses. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah. And again, three you do three vigil services a year for Easter, Pentecost, and Christmas. So it's interesting that uh, Easter Vigil declined is coming back Pentecost vigil is basically gone uh, but Christmas vigil is the only one that most people have but Christmas day is like well I don't go to church on Christmas oh okay oh well I use the the right ones we do things right here we do the right right. We do the right right. Um, so copies of this right should be supplied to those being received in the membership so that they are able to respond at the appropriate places. And that is where I drop the ball. Because I never remember to like, but I'd have to make it look nice, you know, so it wouldn't be just holding some photocopy thing up there. Um, all gathered near the font at the chancel steps or before the altar as local custom dictates which conveniently is the same place here. So before the font, or chancel steps, altar, they're all together. So that's very good. Um, but yeah, you have this, this sense that like, this is actually how you get brought into the church, right there. This, that's it. That's how you get brought in. And so we're coming together right here where you have already been brought into the, the church. Um, so start out with, uh, Bible, that's good. I don't know, it's interesting, this uses the New King James Version. I don't know why that is. The Missouri Synod does not have an official uh, translation. We, we sort of official is the ESV, which we use in most things, and it's a good translation. I don't know why, sometimes you do see they do use like the New King James Version. I don't know why that is, but... Uh, Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, Whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. So, right off the bat, what is this? What is this? Confession. Before who? Before, yeah, it's like you're coming in and confessing Christ before all these people. So, 
what is church membership too then? It's a confession. Okay? So, I mean, here's the deal. Like, Todd, when people, I guarantee you there's people that live down the street that, like, see you walking to church. And they probably, like, know where you're going. Just my guess. Yeah? There are people who live across the street from Marilyn who, when she pulls out on Sunday morning, they know what she's doing. Right? They know where she's going. Like, the, the mere act of going to church is a confession. Okay? It's, and it's wonderful. Like, this is, it's so not hard. You know? Like, all you gotta do is, well, if you've ever read the, I think I have uh, 10 helpful tips for the acolytes, when we used to have acolytes. The first tip it's just like to show up. I mean, I've tried so hard to like get acolytes who aren't here to light the candles, right? And it just doesn't work. They don't do it. They can't get anything right if they're not here. So yeah, just like showing up, right? Just, just come here, you know. And again, it's like it's so not difficult to understand and, and so people are like well what on earth like what a, how do I even know if I'm a member just you come here do I know you like you know who I am uh, yeah, it, yeah it's so not hard and not hard to understand I don't quite get it because uh, people think it's a different thing right you know, we talk about this elders all the time. It's like going through the member roles and asking people if they still want to be a member here. And then, like, so if you had not been to church here in five years and we asked you if you still want to be a member here, what would be your reasons for saying, like, yes? Yeah, like, well, you've never been here. Why, why would you want to remain a member? What do you think? Why would you want to remain a member here if you don't go to church here? Yeah, I'm still a member there. Maybe so they could call in when somebody dies and say, you know, we're a member at your church. I think that that's part of it. Is like thinking that you still have like rights. You know? Well, my rights as a member. You, know? you didn't tell anyone that you're not a member anymore. So you, it's like you're a lifetime member unless you. Yeah. No. Everything else is like, oh, that I renew my membership. Oh, I was a member of that, but I let it lapse, and so now I'm not a member. And you just know, like, I'm just here. Early not. constitution signings can change that. Huh? Early constitution signings can change that. Uh oh, but he doesn't want the paperwork already. I don't like paperwork. Oh. I've seen them every once in a while. I've seen actual, like, card carrying. I've seen that before. LCMS, I, LCMS, yeah, I think it's actually helpful. Uh, like we had this visitor today, and I asked him, and like, oh, where are you from? Is a Journey Luther Church, Cole Camp, Missouri. And I was like, oh, great. Do you know my uncle, Colonel Echo? 
because uh, coal camp is like right next to Jefferson City. I was like, do you know, you know them? You know, my uncle has a bunch of like uh, obnoxious uh, water softener commercials in this guy's area. Did not know him. I said, well, uh, how's your water softener doing? But, uh, but you know, I was like, okay, you know, who's your pastor? Um, but I, I mean, I just take him at his word, right? But uh, but if he had a card that was actually like signed by their pastor, Did someone here show you a card or something? Or yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen one here. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like it was someone like I've never seen again. But yeah, they showed up. They had their card. So that's the, that's the. Tr- I mean, I don't know. I I'm getting a little too excited about this. Don't worry, I'll forget about it. But yeah, if we actually gave you like a membership card and it was good for like a year or something from from uh from Advent one, right? So Andy got a punch on it every time. Every time we have a meeting. And after ten punches you can get a free pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh a free so tank of gas. The one thing now that and another thing now was changed is you used to go in a hospital and all you had to do was say, Could you call Pastor Oz meet me? You know. But they don't Oh, sure. In your wallet, say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's... I don't know, that might be... I should look into that. That's... Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Um, it doesn't have to be long. But, um, yeah, I, I think... It, it, yeah, remember that it is a confession, right? It is a confession. Um, there, so yeah, there are. I, I've seen people like. Uh, I mean, it's interesting when you confess the creed, and we did this at the seminary once, and it was like horrifying because I mean, I, 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 I can't keep them straight. Um, I don't know why this is, but I've been using these things my whole entire life. I have intentionally memorized them so many times, and I can't keep them straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just too similar, and I, like, I mess them up. I, you know, I don't like that, but... It, seminary once, there was uh, the liturgist for the day had us, like, uh, actually turn and face the opposite side of the church for confessing the creed, and it was horrifying because all of a sudden you're like, uh, uh, I believe in what? I don't remember. I don't even remember what I believe. Uh, I, like, oh, elders meeting the other night on Zoom, and I, like, I messed up the Lord's Prayer. How many times do you think I have prayed the Lord's Prayer? Like, realistically. Just because you heard different. Oh. Some people were behind and some people were ahead. It's awful. And then, like, and then I go, like, my kids are, like, standing there, like, and how on earth did I do that? I just, I lost, I lost track of where I was. It was crazy. I, I, it's probably, like, conservative estimate, like, a million? Could I have prayed it, could I have prayed it 100,000 times at least? That seems safe. Oh. Yeah. Where you 
I mess it up all the time. Like, yeah. So I, I, how am I supposed to do the creed? I don't know. Yeah. I heard Janet play a wrong note this morning. She was practicing. I heard one. <laughs> but I mean, it is like important because you do, you do get off track. And again, this is like the thing. I am so like committed to like praying the same prayer of the church because it's so awesome because it's so easy for us to forget to pray for all the like normal things, you know? So, um, yeah, don't let the news cycle dictate your spiritual life, what your actual confession of the faith is. So, I mean, it's wonderful. Like, I don't have to, like, it doesn't matter who's president or not. Like, I still think Jesus is king, and that's it. It's not just when we have a king I don't like, you know. We're like, I don't know, no. even the good ones are like, but just remember, don't get out of line, Right? Um, yeah, I, I'm sure that I've figured this out before that like give to God what is God's actually like means that there's not all that much left over for Caesar at the end of the day. So, but we're so we're religiously devoted to our government and democracy and everything. And uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's crazy. It demands your devotion, right? It demands your confession. Uh, someone, someone asked me the other day who I voted for, and I was like, I got nervous. I was like, I didn't know them. I didn't really know what the right answer was. I was like, uh, Alaska Independence Party. Um, they're like, oh, okay, well, I don't know whether I hate you or not. Um, but I was like, they were asking for a confession. It was interesting. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, Kanye West. But, um, yeah, th- this this whole idea of, like, confession. So here's what the Apostles' Creed and the Nicene Creed aren't. They're not prayers, okay? They're not prayers. Like, don't close your eyes when you say them, right? We close our eyes when we pray so that we don't get distracted, okay? But don't close your eyes when we when we confess the creed, like you're actually, you're telling all these other people here, right? Um, so we can actually look at one another when we do this. And I know, like, if I can't, if I can't quite get it right, you know, then you might not be able to either, and that's fine. But, uh, but, I mean, but think about that. It is all these other people around, okay? And so when you, like, look at them, you know, oh, these people are confessing the same thing I am. Uh, so that that is like the mere act of being a member of the church is is a confession. So, oh. what's the difference between confession and profession? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like profession is just kind of like putting it forth, you know, standing up in front of everyone and saying that. But then confession is with everyone else. So same saying everyone else. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. And so, and, and by the way, when someone asks you, you know, I got all nervous because someone asked me who I voted for. Um, I wish they would ask me, like, about what I believe about Jesus and stuff, you know. Like, that'd be a lot. I'd be like, oh, okay. But, well, but I also get nervous about those things, too, because, again, you're like, I don't know what's okay to say now. Ah. But what do we do? Well, we lift up our hearts and, and joyfully give answer. Joyfully give answer. When anyone asks you about your faith, about any of this stuff, well, it's not a quiz, you know. They're not asking you to give the right answers. This is what kind of drives me crazy about confirmation and catechesis kids. It's like they are so like almost indoctrinated into this idea that you have to have the right answer. And I actually just want to know like what they think, you know. And what you think and the right answer might not always be like lined up. And oftentimes in, in catechesis there is no right answer. And like uh, it, it just drives me crazy. Um, and there's one kid who's not afraid, and it's, and it's great. She's just like, oh, this is just what I actually think. What do you think? And I'm like, this is awesome. Perfect. Like, oh, well, what's the right answer? <sighs> there are right answers, but, you know. So, um, yeah, don't, don't freak out when people ask you to, honestly, for your, like, testimony. This is almost like a Lutheran testimonial or something. Um, the problem with most testimonies is that they're, well, what's the problem with most testimony? They're me-centric. Yes. Very me-centric and totally subject, my feelings, all these things, things that are just absolutely fleeting and could change in a week, in my experience, differs greatly from your experience, you know. It's helpful. Long. 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 Yeah, and I think that that's, this is actually what it is. Um, so you remember when, when, when we say these things in the liturgy, uh, praise to you, O Christ. You know, glory to you, O Lord. Like, those are actual... Uh, that is a testimony, okay? That is a confession. That is a confession that could get you killed when the church was in its infancy, right? To say that anyone is Lord other than Caesar was... I mean, that's what, that's what crucifixion is for, you know? That's who you crucify. Uh, the thieves on the cross, right? They're not, they're not just like... They weren't pickpocketing people at the temple. They're probably insurrectionists who are... And this is what they, this, what are the charges that they bring against Jesus? We said that he is Lord. Uh, they bring these charges against Jesus, specifically about the taxation issue today. And they say, look, they, he said we're not allowed to give tribute to Caesar. Which he didn't say. <laughs> he didn't say that. Although maybe they did do the math. Maybe they were like, he says that uh, everything is God's. So that means nothing is Caesar's. So, you like that? Taxation rates in the Roman Empire? One to three percent? Like, they still had enough to get it They still had enough. And they had good roads, too. The roads, like, are still there. And they had an aqueduct. And they had aqueducts. They're still there. 
Yeah, I mean, I there were like there were some actual like oppressive uh, taxation issues in in uh, Judea, but it was. Yeah, so that's how taxation worked. Is that like, you know, central government says like we need to make a million whatever off of this province, and then people bid for that office, and then like they said, well, I can get you a million three hundred thousand, and then, and then they say, well, whatever you take off the top of that is fine. Go for it. And so Rome still gets their million, and you get all the extra. So I mean, yeah, it's completely open. Well, and this is this is why, this is why they don't like Matthew, and this is why Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus is like, ah, uh, Zacchaeus is up in the tree, not not because he was a wee little man, but because people were gonna kill him. Uh, there are these guys called the Sicarii who went around and like. There's an actual knife, a distinct knife that they had uh, that they were named after. And just like, get you in the crowd. Like, goodbye, Zacchaeus. You know, so, of course, you go up in the sycamore tree because they want to kill you. Not a good confession. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that'll do. Um, anyways... So, how, how do you connect this with the voters' meeting, the voters' assembly? What's the connection? Well, I guess if you're a, body, a member of this body, then you should want to affect things that are good for this body. Yeah. And I, yeah, and I'm not saying that there is no connection there, because there is one. But yeah, it's... It's, it's one of the ways that we care for this body because this body also happens to be a 501c3 corporation that actually has mandated uh, uh, voters' meetings. You know? um, and because there's actual business here that has to get done, right? Now, how much business is kind of up to you. Um, but, I mean, the only business that we, you're actually supposed to do is like support the pastor and take care of the poor. And like this whole thing here, so uh, yeah, there is a connection between the voters' assembly and church membership. But yeah, the voters' assembly does not determine your church membership, um, and it's dangerous, kind of, when you start. Yeah, once once people start talking about rights, that's very very dangerous in the church. Um, yeah, that's all law talk, you know. How do we govern this church in the way of the gospel? Well, one, I just want to diverge just a tiny bit. I know we're out of time. That's one reason. This is one reason why just drawing, drawing straws for offices would be better. Oh, yeah. It's because everyone's then more, like, understand, like, oh, you're, you might actually then have to sacrifice something of, of yourself for this church, even if you don't want to. That you're not trying to seize power or trying to be a big wig, but it's just like it would be more like, sorry, I mean, 
thank you so much for doing this job. We know it's a lot. Yes. Even though it's still that is still the reality, but having you know, if we drew straws, just it would take away a layer of this. Mm -hmm. The voters needing. Yeah, I absolutely think we should choose offices by lot. Yeah, every single eligible uh, member. We just put them all in the put them all in the pot. Just draw them out. That's why the church has a hired bookkeeper. Right, yeah, true. I don't know. That would be better. But that, that would make the membership more of an actual membership of people sacrificing and people helping each other. Yeah. What do you think, Adam? Add that to agenda today? Draw lots. Yes. So, yeah, and you can't do that with everything, right? We couldn't draw lots for, like, who's the organist this week. How do you cast lots? Well, there's a lot of ways you could roll dice. You could uh, uh, pick a name out of a hat. Out of a hat. Yeah. Uh, well, and what we saw in Revelation this last week, uh, or maybe the week before, uh, they wrote names on stones and put them on a jar, and then just like drew them out. That's kind of cool. How did they cast lots for Jesus' clothes? Oh, I don't know. Probably, probably some sort of dice game, but. Shooting dice for Jesus. I mean, it's. Uh... Oh, um, yeah. I, I was wanting to do that. I mean, you could do it at least for like elders. Maybe there are some kind of specialized positions in the church, but. Well, there have been situations here where we had a vote where both. Suitably, yeah. Would right. Yeah, it avoids the popularity contest side of things. Yeah, I think that'd be great. I think that's what we should do with the uh, synod to cast lots because the thing is, it's like, well, it could be you next too. You know? So let's make this like fun for everyone. This is how the Amish pick their pastors. They don't have professional clergy. Uh, they put a they put like a slip of paper in a Bible, and then every, all the men go into the uh, assembly, and they'll pick out the Bible, and there it is. And that's how they pick their pastors. So, and that's how you got me. Oh, you should do that. That's how we should, like, pick pastors, though, too. You got a list of three guys. You don't know which one. Doesn't matter anyways. Just roll the dice, man. So, uh, yeah. We have the illusion that we're in control of things. And it's, it is an illusion. So. Uh, well, thank you for being members here. I'm very happy about that. Sometimes I... Feel a little weird by the word too, but we shouldn't. Uh, you're my spleen, and I'm your appendix. I don't know. Um, but now to see how I spit like little known parts for that, you are not like. I've never said like I'm. I'm your heart. I'm your 
Yeah. You're my everything. Okay, uh, let us pray. Lord, uh, we give thanks that you have called us to be members in your church, in your body. Uh, we pray that uh, uh, all members would uh, faithfully serve their role and do what you have called them to do. We pray that we would uh, recognize uh, all of our members here, especially Zion, who are um, maybe the, the littlest and seemingly unimportant uh, and, and realize how vital they are uh, to our life together. We pray for everyone here who is also in positions of leadership, that they would be given uh, wisdom as uh, they, they seek to um, uh, use their skills in, in the absolute best way possible. Uh, bless us in our congregation, and uh, especially our meeting today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, everyone.